Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm here today with a really special guest. Her name is Lisa D., and she's a friend of mine, and she's got a lot to share as far as the spiritual journey and being a mom and working with healing modalities and working with spirit. So I wanted to welcome you, Lisa, to the show. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Yeah, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for us to chat and um, really to share some insight. So the first thing I, I usually ask people is where or how did your spiritual journey begin? Well, I think it was like from the very first memory that I have of um of my life. I remember um, at three years old, um, moving from the United States and Ohio to British Columbia, Canada. And I'd never seen snow before. And I was so scared about the snow. But I remember that um, overwhelming sense of um, just getting out even at three years old, um, that whole sense of, okay, it's okay, even through fear. And, and from then, and I remember um, hearing that you'll be fine through my years after that, um, just experiencing different things and being, you know, my family was, um, very religious. And so they didn't understand some of the things with, um, you know, I would be walking down the path. Who are you talking to? Oh, just my friends. And, you know, they were my imaginary friends, but it was a little world that I created. And, um, so yeah, I've always been very um, conscious of spirit. I think the very first um, acknowledgement of spirit when I had a near-death experience and I could see myself, I was about 15 or 16 and I had um, gotten hypothermia and I could actually, was it actually uh, um, one of those experiences where you're watching your body experience something from above yeah and then later on it actually when you think back to it um it was like wow I was actually watching my body with spirit does that make sense yeah amazing so um how old were you when that happened I was 15 wow so usually people find that, you know, once they get close to the spirit world in that way, life really changes afterwards. So did you notice anything different about yourself after that experience? After that experience, um, I was taken from within a helicopter and I don't remember the helicopter um, ride from the backwoods of Fort St. John to Fort St. John Hospital. But I remember being like flown down the um, the corridors of the hospital on on a stretcher, and I remember watching this. And then when I physically, I remember hearing that it wasn't my time, and I needed to go back to my body. And mm-hmm. when I woke up, I was like confused as to why am I here in my physical body again. And then the ride, it was about an hour drive from Fort St. John back to my home. And that ride was so weird to me because I felt different. Mm. 
Yeah, it's interesting how something just switches and changes. Mm-hmm. And so is it true that after that you started to feel spirit more often with you? Absolutely. I um because of of growing up in the way that, you know, they didn't understand about hearing spirit. Um it was it was that point at 16 I ended up leaving Fort St. John. And um it was at that point I knew that there would have been a very big shift and that I wanted to, um, you know, really work with this new feeling that I had that I wasn't quite sure about because I didn't have anybody to kind of guide and coach me. Right. Um, but yes, I definitely had, that was definitely a point in my life where I went, I'm going to work with this very closely one day. And, um, and so now all these years later, it's just so amazing to feel. And I can still go back to that moment, Melissa, and mm-hmm. and remember that moment of feeling that whole um, looking down on the body and being completely supported and completely just in this yummy um, kind of energy. And then knowing that it was like, this is my path and I'm supposed to be taking it. Yeah, it's amazing to think that, you know, we can sort of touch the other side, um, you know, and get that kind of glimpse of that. And then coming back into the body, I think in some ways is kind of difficult. If there's, if there's sometimes like a grieving, I think that we do after we've sort of come close to death because you start to recognize how sometimes heavy the physical life is the physical world and there is sort of like this longing I think sometimes when you come back to the physical world of like uh that energy that's in spirit that is so beautiful mm-hmm. yeah did you did you experience any kind of um uh change in like your relationships with people after that near-death experience absolutely because um up until that point my life had been um, very, um, rocky as far as I've experienced, um, multiple sexual abuse. Um, and so that had really led me to, um, a lot of dark places in my life. And then, um, it was like from there at the age of 13, um, to the age of when I left, um, we had been brought up in, in like, what is considered today a cult. So it was like the commune. And mm-hmm. um, so it was very heavy. So many years was so very heavy. And I knew it wasn't a place for me that I would be staying in. And so when I had that experience, looking back on it, it was like, that's the moment that went, I am completely supported. And I don't look at God the way that I had been taught to look at God. I looked at God as a loving person who really has my back, really. And so when I came, when it, when it came back and into the daily routine of life, um, it was sort of like everything changed because you look at life with a different lens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I found that same kind of thing when, after my own uh, near death experience, it was like coming back into my life and thinking like everything was very, very clear. Um, after that, you know, so things that I'd once been confused by or, unsure uncertain about I came back to life and it was like oh no this is very clear Mm -hmm. what's working 
what's not um, and what's in alignment with what I, what I really truly believe and what's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally get what you mean. And it's almost like you get a new, uh, a new vision and a new purpose of your life. Right. Because I knew I've never thought of myself as a victim. I've always thought of myself as a survivor and a thriver and okay, so from here, where is my life teaching? Where is my life taking me? But I knew in that moment, I was not supposed to stay in Fort St. John. Yeah. Well, it must have taken a great deal of courage to be able to leave, you know, and to be able to kind of leave everything that you'd known up until that point. And at that point, thankfully, um, I had not told anybody about the sexual abuse. And um, I had told, I think my parents knew because I was still living at home. And I think my parents knew that I was very restless. And, and I think um, for them, there was some changes coming for them as well. And so luckily for me, either way, I was going to, to leave. But they decided at that point that they were no longer going to be in Fort St. John either. So we kind of all packed up and moved to Terrace. And yeah. And so, but even in that whole, you know, because of growing up in a, in a small community and then being out in the world, because we didn't have TV or electricity or anything like that. And so all of a sudden having at 16, my first experience with, you know, television and electricity and things like that, it was just, yeah, it was really different and weird for in, in so many ways. Yeah, I imagine that would be just like a whole new world, you know, mm-hmm. so just kind of like a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Would you also say that grief has been something that you have been able to, well, you've experienced grief um, on on many profound levels, but that it's kind of like what I I don't know, I guess I'm trying to ask, like, what do you find that you've learned most from grief? Or what has been most helpful for you in moving through your grieving process? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because um, I think what I have really learned over the years, um, I was very fortunate in my life not to experience a lot of physical um, death, like a lot of people close to me crossing over until recently. And I think that grieving so many parts of me um, through my experiences with sexual abuse and my very first experience with sex was um, abuse. And so, you know, grieving that part of me that no longer was there that I had no control over and then grieving um, what I knew um, growing up and how, um, now it's a whole completely different experience that I'm experiencing. And then, you know, being involved in things that have happened since moving from the community and, and different processes that I've had to read relationships and things like that. Um, you kind of get a different sense of self, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost as if I, can take myself outside of the situation and kind of look into where I need to add an extra little bit of layer of self-love or self-care. Yeah. And where I need to maybe take the time to take a little bit more meditation or, um, you know, and so 
Yeah, it is a, definitely a learning process. Hey, grief has so many stages to it. And, and really learning that it's okay to not be okay. Has been yeah, giving yourself that permission um, and, and feeling, you know, feeling safe to be able to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. I think that's huge. Um, and I know what you're saying, you know, when, when you experience that kind of um, loss of control or loss of having um, that sort of peacefulness or within your heart, you know, when, when there's been trauma or there's been abuse, you do sort of have to grieve for that part of yourself that mm -hmm. was sort of lost in that process. Mm -hmm. So it definitely, I find too, when, um, when there's loss in my life now, like, so physical loss, if I'm grieving the loss of somebody close to me, the trauma and the things from the past that I haven't quite, if I haven't quite worked through that grief, they tend to come to the surface at the time when there's like a physical loss in this life as well. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of, we always, I think are, are progressing forward, but sometimes it's like, you know, bit by bit, piece by piece. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that's so true. And if I can say, and I, if I can tell you an example that just even happened um, yeah. last year, um, because you know, you, you go through life and you think, okay, I've processed that part and I've processed that part and, and you know, yay me, I've healed from this part. And there's always those little things, like you said, a physical loss or something that comes up that all of a sudden it's like a, a trigger of something that, um, you realize that maybe was stuck somewhere in the cells. It hasn't quite been, um, been healed. And this, this, um, past summer, um, uh, my neighbor took down a whole row of trees in my yard and they were they were both on our property and we had discussed before and he said something needs to be done with the trees I said you can't take the trees down there they're half my trees long story short one day I, I get up he's got a crew out there and he's taking out the trees and I was became so enraged and so I've never felt this for so many years like the anger that came up and I went out there and, and kind of lost my, my shit on them. Yeah. And, and then I'm sitting in it a day later and a friend of mine said to me, Lisa, do you find that this is a form of abuse? Like it's almost like they've raped your yard. And so, and I burst into tears and it was, it was like that a little part of me that still was waiting to come out to be healed and to be shown, but it was like somebody come into my yard and rip these away. And it was that same feeling of somebody doing that to my body. And, and to me, it was like such a healing moment though. I replaced the trees. It's all great now, but it was such an example to me of, wow, like there can still be residual things that we are constantly healing from. And it takes a little thing like that to go, you know, wow, there it is. Yeah. And that's what will happen. You know, we'll, we'll go through life and there's going to be things that come up and it comes to the surface. And sometimes it's such a wave of intense emotion. Mm -hmm. And we might not even be aware in the moment of like where that's coming from, but I can totally understand that because it's like, that was something that was against your will. It was 
part of your surroundings, part of your home, part of your property, those trees meant something to you, you know, like on an energetic spiritual level, there was a connection mm-hmm. um, and it was done completely against your will. Yes. And I remember taking me back to the, the last time um, um, that, you know, I kind of was controlled by a man and I was, it brought me to that place and I was like, Oh, I don't like that feeling. And most of you know me and my connection to trees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's my sacred, my sacred space is the trees. And, and yeah, brought up a bunch of emotions. And, um, it was a side of me that I had buried. And then it was like, okay. And, but once you experience that, feel it, ask my body what it requires to heal it and go from there. Now it's amazing, right? It feels like there's a part of me that has grown in awareness and consciousness even more because of that experience. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I totally agree with you what you're saying, you know, that you've never seen yourself as a victim and, you know, you see yourself as a survivor and that's how I feel too, you know, with, with the trauma and things that have happened. It's like, I've never once thought like, Oh, like I'm just a victim of, you know, this circumstance or this world. And it's such a empowering thing to be able to go through this stuff, know that we're always healing, you know, everyone, it doesn't matter, you know, what you've experienced or not experienced, like all of us are always continuing to heal and learn. And so, yeah, I think it's the way to go forward is to be able to experience that emotion and then also look at, okay, what is the what is the root of this? Where's this actually coming from? And what do we need to do to give ourselves um, more love or whatever else we need, you know, in order to um, heal further, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at it always from that perspective, there's really nothing that can stop you, you know, nothing that can get in your way. Right. Which is awesome. Um, What do you find most inspiring? Like what inspires you? Do you know what I love about um, uh, about the work that I do with my clients is that's what inspires me. And coming out of 2020 and all the changes that it created in, in all of our worlds, um, I really looked at that part of me and gone, okay, what has been my inspiration this year? Because working with clients and watching them, you know, blossom into who they're truly meant to be is what is so inspiring and fills my cup. And so this year I've had to find a bit of different things um, because we can't, we haven't been able to do face-to-face clients. And um, I look to trees. I look to nature. I love waterfalls. I love, you know, you get such inspiration when you're out in the beauty of nature and the creation and what you can create with what, the, the world has created what can I create yeah those are some of the things that I find inspire me. beautiful and tell us a bit about the work that you do so tell us about the the you know what you're offering the clients that you work with so I um uh was certified in what's called the bars uh five years ago almost six years ago and um, so that is, um, it's through Access Consciousness. And um, so I'm a certified facilitator in um, the bars, which is 32 points in your head that when activated, 
um, can create more space, can alleviate a lot of stress. It can give you um, just an overall um, healthier aspect um, of life. But I also include um, my own sort of modality with that. Um, I channel a lot with my clients. So I'll sit down with my clients and I'll have a conversation about what they would like to see. I usually ask if you can get anything out of the session, what would it be? And, um, and then in the session, I'll work with their bars, but I'll also be channeling spirit. And so get whatever messages that can come up with maybe what's going on in their life, um, what's going on emotionally and physically. Um, anybody who has crossed over that would like to give a message to the client that I'm working with and, um, really creating changes, getting them to acknowledge where they're using words, like, um, solidifying things to their body that might be, um, you know, better tweaked with saying, like, versus something like, I have anxiety, um, will solidify it to your body, right? And so if you say, I experience anxiety, it's a whole different energy, right? And so your body can go, oh, I've experienced that before, but I don't need to keep experiencing that. Or, um, so yeah, I work with spirit and I work with the energy of the body and I've kind of created my own modality um, to work with my clients. I love that. And I think that's so cool because... For me, it's the same type of thing. Like when I do offer healings and things like that, it's very much kind of like my own, um, it's my own modality that just works for me. So you kind of take, uh, yeah, take what resonates. But um, it's fascinating to think about the changes that can be made um, throughout these sessions. And it sounds to me like that's very much like mind, body, and soul, you know, like bringing all of those together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wonderful to have the messages coming through as well, you know, so it's, it's definitely, yeah, that's such a, a beautiful offering, um, and, for people to experience, you know, and, yeah. and just find that peace of mind. I think right now, especially people are really seeking that for themselves, you know, to be able to get into that state of just being able to feel peace. Yes, exactly. And, you know, um, also, a lot of times past life stuff will come up too, right? And so, yeah. so past life that isn't serving the person today that they wouldn't even have realized or wouldn't even have known. And the conversations that I've had with clients um, just blows me away sometimes where they're like, wow, that's why I experienced this. And that's why this comes up. And so past life regression and, and, and stuff is also um in my sessions as well. And it's just so amazing to watch somebody come in and be so closed. And then just over time there, it's like the lotus, right? Opening up in such a beautiful um, new mind, body, soul form of, of who they be. Definitely. I find past life is so powerful and it comes up quite often. You know, it's rare that somebody has a major challenge or a major block in this life that is not, in my opinion, connected to something somewhere on their soul's kind of journey, you know, something from a past incarnation that they, they tend to carry over, you know, so it's, it is, it's fascinating to see how those, how they connect 
Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes you find too that once somebody is aware of that there's a reason for it, it's like it's not necessarily them just like I think sometimes people feel like a failure when they can't overcome something or they struggle and they try and they try and it's hard and it's not working. Mm -hmm. And then once they get that, there's actually a reason there's actually uh, a connection, you know, to a past life. Sometimes just knowing that enables them to be able to let go of that blockage, let go of the fight with it. Absolutely. Because so many times we don't know where it's coming from. And so even and, and you know what, though, sometimes incorporating a past life where this lifetime <clears throat> they might be experiencing a lot of angst and a lot of, um, you know, not so great thoughts and things like that. But then a past life will come in um, that spirit shows that is like, oh, OK. And and then incorporating some of their times where, where you know, I remember this one experience where she was this. Um, you know, medicine woman and, and always was giving to so many people and she was sitting in her in in her space in the forest and she's so happy all the time. And so incorporating a little bit of that into this experience that she's going through in life right now too, really she's like, oh my gosh, and finding that connection. So it's not always like it's the what is going on with me and there's angst in a lifetime. It's also some really cool stuff that they've experienced that you can incorporate in this lifetime too. To yeah, definitely taking, taking um, gifts from previous lifetimes and blessings and things that were so, um, so significant in a previous incarnation and remembering that part of themselves, you know, that that part of themselves can be reignited in this mm-hmm. lifetime and what, yeah, what we can take. So not only what we can release from previous lifetimes, but what we can take forward, you know, yes. from, from those lifetimes as well. Definitely. Yeah. They both, they both are significant and come up often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you recall any of your past lifetimes? I sit with that sometimes and I remember a couple of them. One of the ones that are, is very clear to me is, um, is sometimes I kind of laugh about it, but I definitely know a lot of us were witches in, in our past lives and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which we can create. And I think the word witch in that past lifetime, and I, it was one of the classes that I took with you to know so that I realized that the, the definitions, cause I, I, really love words and their definitions and, 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 and what they can do to change, you know, your life, like I had said before. But the definition of which, like, hundreds of years ago or whatever, to um, now is so different. And now it's like, you know, being burnt at the stake back then isn't a thing these days. And we can, um, I don't like labels and put labels on anybody. But um, I do remember um, being one of the, the people that um, went after witches actually in in a lifetime and I'm not sure how much I can share about that but it was really weird when I when I was like oh wow there was a lifetime I think it came up in when I was in New Orleans and I was walking through one of the crypts and I was mm. like I could feel that my body was there from years and like previous like a, a previous lifetime yeah, and yeah you can feel it Yes. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like, oh my goodness. Can you tell me if I've buried any treasures around here? You know, like, <laughs> like, like way back then. And, yeah. um, 
But I think that those when I, you know, I, cause sometimes I question like I came over here and, and what did I come here to do? And I've experienced so much loss physically and, and, and different things. And like, um, lots of conversations that I've had in classes with you have, have enabled me to really grasp, you know, mediumship and taking it further and things. But I think the only past lifetime that I really remember is a being a witch. And being the person that would give out the herbs and the spells and things like that. Um, and funny enough, I've learned in the last few years that my grandfather, who I didn't really have the biggest relationship with because of distance and, and, and what went on with my family moving from Ohio, um, he was considered a medicine man in his time. And, you know, he was Amish, so the, the people would come to him and to get herbs and different things. I just thought that was really cool. That's and, amazing. And actually, Melissa, it was you that uh, one of my first classes with you, um, he came through and we had that. That's where I learned about it now that I think about it. Oh, is that interesting? Yes. And it's so true. Like so many times I think that we do have this lineage, you know, like the, that sort of seership ability to be mediumistic, to be in connection with spirit. I do find it does travel, you know, through um, the generations. Mm -hmm. And it's always so interesting when you find out, oh, like, it may not have been spoken about much, or it may not be like common knowledge within the family. But there's been these healers, you know, generation after generation. Mm-hmm. And and that's so cool. And I also love working with um, generational, um, maybe disease and things that can come through too. And I know that with me and even my daughter, we've had a lot of women in my line who've experienced assault in their life. And that was one thing I have worked so hard about when I started to learn really the modality that, that I created. And um, and kind of honed it to where I wanted it to be, and and it always changing and shifting and growing. And even now, you look at you look at the way life is, and you go, "Do you work different?" I was talking to a colleague of mine. It's like, "Do we work different now with clients, or you know, like and 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 what does that come with?" But also, I work so hard to kind of cancel the what I felt was a um, genealogical for my daughter so that she wouldn't have to experience the abuse that women in my the upline from me right have experienced Mm -hmm. and and that to me I'm so like that what gets me hyped up too because I watch my daughter and she is now 18 and um she's had no physical abuse and and you know, I'm just for me. I'm like, yes, she made it past where all of us um, had experienced abuse in our life. She's made it past that, and that means it's like the work that I have put in. I find it. It's like you know, oh yes, I've actually been rewarded for all the work put in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that's generational. You know, that generational trauma mm-hmm. and. Sometimes we think like, oh, I think we discount the work that we're doing. You know, it's like, okay, like, yes, but what else can I do? You know, how can I 
how can I do more? How can I be more? How can I learn more? You know, I think as moms, women, we're always striving. Mm -hmm. And then it's good to sit back and look at it that way that like, whoa, you've broken a cycle. You've broken literally like a generational um, cycle of abuse. That's huge. So that's a combination of lifetimes of work. Um, so yeah, we have to recognize the power of th- these things that we're, we're actually doing. Sometimes it's not quantifiable. It's not something that we can check off a list or say, yes, I completed this. It's not a task that you do in a day kind of thing. Right. But when you look at it from the, the greater perspective, I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's phenomenal. So yeah, to just really recognize that. And also I find that we as women and men too, um, but we as women don't give ourselves enough credit for the time that we put in as, you know, like really beseeching the heavens to change things generationally or within ourselves or, you know, like, and so what I've started to do is really thank my body, thank my body for a carrying me, thank my body for all of the experiences that we've experienced and here we still are, right? And I find that by doing that, we can create even greater in our life. Like we can create because our body goes, oh, instead of going, oh, body, you hurt. Oh, body, you're this. Oh, body, you're that. Oh, you're too big. You're, you know, and instead, thank you, sweet body, for actually carrying me today. And um, I find that by asking questions daily, all the time, I'm always in question, that can create so much more too. I love that. And it's true. We we often do completely dissociate the from the body. And I find mm-hmm. as spiritual people, working with energy, working with intuition, it's so important to have a balance and to feel connected to the physical body just as much as you're connecting to, you know, the spirit world and that higher vibration of energy. Um, otherwise, if not, there's such an imbalance. And so sounds to me like you keep grounded by that, you know, relationship with your body. So thanking your body. Is there, are there any other tools that you use daily that are are in your day-to-day life that are grounding for you? Um, I have been definitely doing a lot of bare feet to mama earth. And when, you know, I mean, when being an empath, being intuitive, you go out in the world, especially now, it seems like it's also just so crazy. And then we can absorb what others are thinking because when you think about it, you know, 98% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions, we can absorb from other people, whether it be a condo, whether it be being out, whether it be wherever we are, right? And um, and when I come home sometimes and I'm just feeling, holy cow, what if I picked up, right? I yeah. will A, A, very big tools um, that I've learned actually through access as well is who does this belong to? Is this mine? Like when you ask your body, is this even mine that I'm feeling and go with your intuition, whether you get a yes um, or a no, and then returning it to sender. And then I go straight out, take my shoes and socks off. I don't wear shoes and socks that often. But yeah. yeah <laughs> and, me neither. Right. Yeah. And, um, and go straight out and we'll walk in my yard and just ask for, um, the peace and clarity to ask for ease. Um, what's right about this? I'm not getting, you know, and, and so just staying in question like that is hugely grounding. I also have an amazing ravine full of beautiful trees that I go 
and I literally put my hands on on the bark of the trees and listen to their spirit and get totally renewed from them as well. Right. And so those really are kind of my go-tos. And then if I'm really having another extra little bit of, oh my goodness, you know, um, I'll go to my tarot cards and, and pull some tarot cards and just see what they have to say to me. And I've also realized the relationship with water because, you know, energy is, is water, right? And so yeah. drink, drinking a lot of water is another thing that I try and do to just keep myself, you know, I'm not sure I like, sometimes the word grounded is like, do I want to be grounded? Yes, I do. But I also want to be able to, to, there's just so many experiences that you can, you can experience through feet on the ground, you know, hugging the tree, yeah. drinking some water, looking at your tarot cards, like my crystals, my altar. Like, so yeah, those are all the things that I, I will do to keep myself grounded. Yeah, it's kind of like that balance, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I find that's one of the hardest things is to always feel like you're walking on a tightrope between an earthly life and a spirit life mm-hmm. and how to kind of intertwine both, you know, how to, how to work with both simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I think that at times it's very heavily to do with spirit. And then at other times in life, it's like, whoa, okay, here's a chance to really be in the physical and to go through this physical experience, you know, so there is that ebb and flow Mm -hmm. with it. But definitely, yeah, those are all good points. I agree with you with the with the water. It's huge. It makes such a huge difference. Not only drinking, like keeping hydrated, but also, like, when you do feel um, overwhelmed, or kind of like, a buildup of energy, having like a, a spiritual bath, having a bath with sea salts, Epsom salts, any of those things, or just getting in the shower and just thinking about cleansing your chakras, cleansing your energy. That can be so powerful too. Absolutely. And I find also, and I encourage people is to, um, our hands, like I'm very particular who I exchange energy with through my hands. Yeah. And, um, I find that, especially after a client, even a phone session client, being out um, running your hands under cold water is just a big cleanse as well. I've also started to embrace the cold shower at the end of, you know, a shower or a bath or something and just turning the water on cold and having that experience. That's quite the experience, too. Your body is like, what are you doing? But I sort of like this. It's like this shock of, Cool. And it gets you can, you know, like it's that cold um, energy of, of water or whatever it is. It's just like such a, a great thing. But yes, I encourage people all the time to wash their hands under cold water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, run it under cold water. And it's it's one of those things that I notice that in between, especially in between clients, um, mm-hmm. that's huge. And, and mm-hmm. just it's a way to kind of cleanse from, you know, let go of one energy and then be open sort of and receptive to the next. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Yes. I'm wondering if there's anything in the spiritual community that kind of drives you crazy. Like, is there anything that's like a bit of a pet peeve of yours? Um, funny you ask that because just yesterday I have a couple of people on my Facebook and, um, they're always portray themselves to be so 
gloriously joyful and nothing can touch me because I live in the clouds. And, you know, up until the last couple of years and um, really going through the grieving process of, of um, losing people in their physical bodies, um, I always kind of was like, well, I looked at the, I've always looked at the cup as, as um, half full instead of half empty, or there's always more room to add, right? Yeah. yeah. And so watching them and then also knowing that there is a different side that they're not showing. I, so I think what really makes me crazy in the spiritual world is the, is the fakeness, if I could say, of, yeah. of showing themselves or portraying yourself in a way. And I love putting out there like, little tidbits on how you can change your day. But there's a, there's an aspect of some spiritual people who are like, oh, but you should always be sunshine and roses. And I don't agree with that. I mean, there is a down and dirty fields that you have to experience to get you to the next level of your life. I agree. And, and I, so I think in that, in, in the, yeah, I think that's what the biggest thing is. And that's literally what I was just thinking yesterday. Like, oh my goodness. Like, why can't you show the rawness of, because the rawness of the vulnerability of us is really such a strength as well. And so by, you know, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, right? Yeah. It's, it's, they're talking about it being toxic positivity um, yes. or um, spiritual bypassing where you're basically like ignoring anything that is not perfectly love and light. Mm-hmm. And there's this notion that, you know, anything that's crappy that happens to you is because you've attracted it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't handle that. I, I feel like that is such a disservice if there's, you know, there are people who are spreading that message and I think that that is untrue, you know, and that's a, that's a really um, difficult, a difficult thing to try to explain to someone who that is their belief, you know, but I find that's, that drives me crazy. The other thing that sometimes I notice now, it's a trend somewhere in, I don't know if it started in like online or sort of like social media advertising, but it seems to me that people somehow figured out that if they shared their story but like made it as dramatic and as like sensational as possible that it was sort of like a way to connect with with people and it's true I mean sharing of yourself and sharing your experiences is definitely a way to connect with other people but I almost find sometimes and it's just intuitive you know it's just that feeling inside me that's like mm, Part of me feels like the reason that they're, they're they're doing this, the reason that they're showing this this and telling this story and making it sort of the way that it is, is because they're just using it as a way to kind of gain customers. You know, it's like it's a way for them to kind of like they're hooking people in with their story. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with advertising. I mean, we all we have to do it. Um, but there's just part of me that feels like sometimes that gets over used Mm -hmm. or it's just the intention of sharing it isn't so much to like share with other people so that they can feel like not alone it's more like here let me share my like you know a drama with you so that you can kind of like you know connect with me and then therefore take this you know buy this thing that I'm selling do you know what I mean yeah absolutely Absolutely. like almost like playing on people's pain 
Yes, I have seen that too. And it's like, seriously, people like, I know I have a story, but I, my story isn't me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I, I don't, I have a story and I will tell you if you want to yeah. listen to it, but I don't need to over embellish it. And I don't need your support. I don't even need you to like my story. That's and it. I totally get what you mean. And, and I mean, I know there's some validity in, um, you know, what you put out, you can receive. Yeah. But I also know what you were saying a few minutes ago about, you know, you're attracting that or, you know, there's a different energy around, well, you, you attracted that versus, well, what are you putting out? Are you, what signal are you sending? Right. But I've also seen that a lot too, what you were talking about in, in people embellishing and then being, okay, what do you really want? And do you find Melissa sometimes that when you are intuitive and, you know, I'm fairly good, especially with my kids at, at knowing when they're maybe bending the truth and things like that. Do you find that, um, it makes it easier or is it more like really person like whoever it's like, do you know what I mean? I, like, is it easier I, because you know the truth or is it like more of a, Oh, I wish I didn't know that. I think in some ways it makes it harder because we're going through the world and I found this, I struggled with it a lot more when I was younger. Now I can kind of manage it a bit better, but I used to get really upset and really offended when people would lie to me or when there was something not said. Like I had a hard time with people that I could feel their energy. I knew what they were feeling. I knew what they were thinking, but they weren't saying it. And it would just like, boggle my mind like I just couldn't handle it because I could feel it so strongly so I was like well how am I supposed to interact with this person just based on what they're saying to me is very different than what I'm actually feeling from them and very different from what the truth is so I had a hard time reconciling and sort of like just figuring out like how do I how do I handle certain people who are not either who aren't in touch enough of themselves to know or who know but just you know, are basically like what they're giving out is false, you know? So I did find that hard. And I do think sometimes, you know, I have so many students that come and they are so excited and they want to, you know, they're starting this spiritual path and I'm always excited for them too. But I do, I am careful to tell people once you start seeing the truth, once you start opening yourself up and you see like things with clarity and you start tuning into your sensitivity and building on that sensitivity. It's not exactly easy. You know, life sometimes actually becomes more difficult for a while Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you're faced with a lot of truth and, you know, relationships can change. Friendships can change the way that you see the world kind of changes. And so the spiritual path, I I don't think is an easy one. I think it's worth it. And I think it's why we're here, but to, yeah, I never, I never want people to think it's constantly like beautiful and joyous because sometimes it's beautiful and painful. And I think what you said there is so, is so true about the spiritual path isn't always because so many people are like, I'm on my light and spiritual path. Look at me go. And and yes, look at you go. Absolutely. But I do agree with you because once you get really in tune and, and you can feel that intuitiveness about people and things like that, so many of, even in the last year, so many relationships in my life have changed because I keep asking, you know, to 
um, you know, whatever I need to do to further myself in my journey, whatever I need to do to have more consciousness, more awareness, um, you know, let the people fall away that doesn't, you know, maybe build me up because I'm, I'm a person who loves to give. And when you give, 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 um, and, you know, you also have to remember to fill your own cup. And so being able to tune into that and really realize that there is some people that um, maybe you can have at arm's length now instead of close, it is a gift. It's also, a, a like you said, it can be exhausting and overwhelming as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is so worth it, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's, it totally like never a dull moment. It's always interesting, you know, and I find that sometimes I'm like looking at people and I'm like, oh, ignorant bliss. Like, wouldn't that be kind of nice once in a while? But then I think, and I'm like, no, because everything that I've seen, everything that I've experienced, some of the miracles that we get to witness I wouldn't trade it. You know, there's no way I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, But it is, I think it's important to just have that honesty when it comes to all of this stuff, you know, and to be real. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's the main thing, but um, any, any advice you would give to someone who's just beginning, just opening up to their own intuitive abilities? I think I would say that, um, to find somebody that you can respect, that you can look up to, and that you can actually hear from that can help you in your path and that can help you um, learn, A, how to protect your aura and your energy field and how to encourage um, you on the path of what you're seeking. And with me, I know that before I met you, I was doing a lot of meditation and I was, um, I still do daily, but, um, um, not being able to sometimes pinpoint exactly what you're feeling. Um, so finding somebody who can mentor you, um, would be the biggest thing that has helped me in the last few years, um, in my, in creating what I've created in going forward right um that would be my biggest and really sitting with spirit you know so many times we don't actually sit and ask our guides to step close to us and and you know i felt the other day that i kind of had a guide change so then i wanted to sit and i wanted to feel um what they look like and that was the reading that i had with you too and 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 showing me that and it was like okay what do you look like and so i really encourage people instead of of trying so hard and putting a lot of pressure on themselves just to really sit in silence and to take that time to feel what spirit feels like to you and and maybe you'll have visions maybe you'll have sense of smell maybe whatever it is to really sit in a space of reverence for that and acknowledge that you have a gift and find a mentor beautiful it's so it's so true and it's so simple and yet we always want to make it I find like more complicated like we think that we have to have this technique the special technique or say this special thing to get in connection with our guides and spirit and it's like actually just as easy as quieting your mind taking a few deep breaths inviting them to come in and just spend this time with you you know it couldn't be more simple but it is oftentimes um 
a challenge to get ourselves into that headspace and to Mm -hmm. just receive and Mm -hmm. to allow it to come without expectation, without trying to control like the experience. Exactly. And not take ourselves so seriously. Like that's the other thing that really has come up for me this past year. It's like, Lisa, stop taking yourself so seriously, like, and striving to get there. Like, when it is time, like you said, there is sometimes where I didn't want to see that or I didn't want to know that. And, and I truly believe that we're only shown what, you know, spirit knows we can handle. And, and so the, the taking the control and the striving out of it and really just kind of going with it and, and it is fun and it's, it's amazing and it expands you in so many different ways. And so appreciating those fields about it too. And instead of always taking it so seriously. Yeah. The enjoyment of it, bringing that playfulness back into it and just, um, yeah. Enjoying each stage, each part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm um, going back to um, the serious part of it too, because spirit shows us like they're quite comical if you, you know, and, and it doesn't always have to be, um, Oh my gosh, the light just came on. What am I going to, what's happening? Maybe they're just being cheeky. You know, like, yes, that's the fun part about spirit that I love too. Totally. And I'm always amazed at how lots of times in group readings, people, I get there and people are like so somber and just so serious. And I always remind them, like, don't worry because yes, grief is coming up to the surface and yes, there will be tears, but there's also laughter, you know, and they, they want us to enjoy this experience. They want us to know that their sense of humor lives on, you know, and that they'll, they'll bring joy. You know, that's, that's, when I think of spirit, I think of joyful communication, you know, yes. so it's wonderful to keep that. Yeah. Keep that in mind as we, you know, we wanted so much to learn and to grow and to be sort of the, you know, to step into our higher selves and all of that's good to have that, but also to, yeah, like you said, rem- remember the lighter side of it. Yeah. And to laugh and have fun with it. And I think, you know, I have a daughter in spirit and, and she, you know, has shown me a lot of that in the last while, mom, stop taking yourself so seriously. And, and, you know, she was, comes to me in very specific ways. And, and that's where I kind of, you know, I can be stopped dead in my tracks and go, okay, who are you being right now? Right. <laughs> and, and it's so funny. And, and I'm so grateful for that because um, it's just such an amazing, it's just such an amazing journey. If we allow ourselves just to ebb and flow, like you said, and just kind of go with it and, and see what comes up every single day as a new day to create something, right? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, how can how can the listeners of the show, how can they find you? So I'm just still, my website is under construction. And um, so I will be posting that. But Facebook is, I'm on Facebook under Lisa D. And on Instagram, oh my goodness, what's my Instagram? Um, I'm on Instagram and then, so those two platforms right now are my biggest platforms until, um, until my website is up and and running. Yep. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming and for sharing about yourself and your work and your life. And I just find it always inspiring and always really uplifting to be able to chat with you. So thank you for sharing all that with us. 
Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for having me on. And um, I'm just going to say my Instagram is Lisa underscore magic underscore 99 um, for anybody who wants to follow me there. And Melissa, you have been such a delight and such a amazing mentor for me in the last few years. I'm so grateful for our friendship and our relationship. And anybody who has a, a reading with you, um, they're in the best hands. I love your connection with spirit. And I, I just, I love who you be. Oh, thank you. I feel the same about you. And it's no coincidence. You know, like, I feel like you, we met when we, I, we did the retreat a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I, as soon as I saw you, I was like, Oh, yep, it was a soul connection. So no coincidence that we ended up in each other's lives. In this lifetime, too. I know because we've had a few together. So that's it. It's so awesome. Thank you. I love it all. Well, thank you and take care and we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Melissa. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye.